Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be joined by Christina Ricci to talk all about the series Yellow Jackets. And I wanted to talk a little bit about how you made a lot of choices for the character within the series, because I love something you've said where you didn't feel like you needed to make the character herself and her actions and her choices relatable, but that it was the needs and the wants of the character that were going to be the relatable elements that we could really be drawn into and understand. Um, and I was just interested in when you first had the scripts or were first kind of looking at developing this character and going through that part of the process kind of where that really clicked for you was it something that you figured out quite early on or as you spent more time with her um you know I think that for me that's sort of how I feel about most of the characters you know I've always really tried to play the 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 root the core of the character and and it it's always sort of bothered me to have to uh worry about whether an audience would relate uh, to the the person, you know what I mean? Like, I've always felt that it, that it's a disservice to say that audiences cannot um, appreciate a character they don't see themselves in, that they're not interested in somebody just because they don't relate to their lives. I think we're so beyond that, and um, and I do think that that is the thing that that we should be relating to. You know, if this is really like a, a, an empathy exercise, you know we find the thing, find the, the thing that resonates, um, the humanity. I mean, the humanity is what we're relating to ultimately. It, it shouldn't be that just the person's life looks like yours. Um, so, and I think too, that's sort of what I do with characters like this and why I've always been fascinated by people like this, you know, like Misty in particular, um, her, uh, she only had one scene in the pilot and that scene, to me, it was such a specific kind of personality, um, the pettiness, that smallness, um, how little control does that person have in their life? Or how little power does that person have in their life that this is where they need to exert it? And, um, and, and then I think what I do is I really try to find the thing that what is the emotion that I also have that if you twist it enough or squeeze it enough, I would be capable of this, you know, it's sort of like, what is the thing? And so, so yeah, I mean, I guess that's always, that's how I approach a character as an actress. And so I guess that's why um, I have this philosophy about, about, about characters and playing them. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I also wanted to talk about the the dynamic that she has with Natalie because it's it's really interesting to watch the way that she kind of covets what Natalie has, which is I'm an outsider, but it doesn't bother me. I kind of, you know, she thrives in that sort of environment. And so for you, how did you want to set about capturing and and kind of viewing that side of what it is that she really wishes that she had that Natalie has in the way that she kind of watches her with that admiration? Yeah, I think that, you know, when they were, I think probably always in their history, Natalie has always been the one who had anything similar to Misty being an outsider. They're both outsiders. And if Natalie is an outsider, then it's not so bad for Misty to be an outsider because look at how cool Natalie is. Like Natalie is the coolest. So if we're both outsiders, I'm doing pretty well. You know, I think that's where Misty comes from. So she covets this version of what she hates about herself 
Um, but this person who's turned, like you said, turned it into this amazing thing um, and this very cool thing. And other people are drawn to this outsider. Um, this outsider chose to be this way. Um, and I think that is very much something that um, Misty would love to be Natalie, you know? Um, and I, so I think that's where her uh, obsession comes from. She also has a really fascinating relationship with her past and for the other characters it feels very much like a, a trauma that's still very prevalent for them and for Misty it almost feels like that was the that was the moment in her life where she did get to be inside of a group for something and she was involved in things however that happened and so for you did you view it more as like a time that she almost wishes she could recreate in some realm that she's been trying to get herself back to as opposed to a trauma? Yeah, I think that her life since they were rescued has been really unpleasant. You know, I think she's made the most out of it. Uh, I think she is an incredible survivor in that she's found a way to like, just in this very autonomous way, enjoy every moment of her life. Like she walks through her life with a forced glee and delight. And, um, and I think that, um, that I think that is a reflection of, of uh, how miserable her life has been since she was rescued. And so I think she very much wants to get back to the past. I don't think that she has any guilt or shame about anything that happened. If anything, I think she thinks it's hilarious that everybody else is so worried. And, um, you know, she just, she wants that again, that drama, that chaos, that being a part of something, the, I guess, trauma bonding I guess it's sort of a metaphor for trauma bonds um you know this person who had the best time ever when the worst stuff was going on and is wants that back um uh but yeah and I and that's one of that's one of the things I love about playing her in scenes where everybody else has to be like worried and afraid and guilty my character is just like oh what oh are we scared of stuff you know and it's just fun it's fun to to be sort of like the anarchist in everything. And it also means that, you know, you're getting to play this character where there is a lot of joy and buoyancy. And so what was your window into kind of finding and exploring her passion? Because it doesn't come from the same places as other characters, like you were saying. It's, you know, even the act of going on a date, it feels like the date itself isn't the joyful thing, but the kind of how can I, how can I get a window into manipulating this new person and what do I want to do in this encounter is kind of like the passion and the joy. And so how did you find that coming from very different places for her? Um, you know, I found, like I was saying before, that I really feel like her um, ebullience comes from this, like, almost like a, a, a such a panic at what the other emotion is, that we're going to go with this one and we're going to go strong. We're just going to be happy. We're going to have fun. We're going to think things are funny, even when they bother us. You know, I think it's really like a, a hypervigilant personality. Um and uh, we do see her break once and it's horrible. You know, she loses it um, and she seems very broke. It's like a real broken moment. Um, and I think oh, she but she immediately gets it right back together. And I think that that's it's a person who um, is just is very unhappy. But because of that, has just decided to go the other way and absolutely never feel a moment of unhappiness you know I think she cannot stand to feel bad 
And her relationship with the truth is really fascinating to watch as an audience member, because there are moments where genuinely you're not quite sure if she's kind of being truthful and being honest or circumventing people in a certain way. Um, did you always have a sense for yourself, though, of like you knew whether what she was saying was was true to her or if it was elements of manipulation or were there moments where even for you, it was kind of between the spaces of the two? I feel like I, I have a clear, pretty clear idea what for Misty is truth and what is is not. Yeah. And even just the the voice and the delivery that you found for this character is is so incredibly specific. And again, it's there's a lot of control in the way that she speaks at certain times as well. And so how did you set about finding that very specific intonation that she has as a character? Well, I think for her, I just feel like she's so not a person whose actions and words directly align with how she's actually feeling that I felt like everything with her should feel a little disingenuous, you know? Um, I don't know that she knows how to be genuine um, in any way that makes her feel comfortable. So I guess for me, it's all always, all of it is, um, is very controlled and all of it is very, um, you know, she never has like a genuine reactive moment until that time when she does and she like breaks down. Um, but I think it's it's all about the fact that she she is not genuinely reacting or answering. She has put a lot of thought into everything she says and does. And so that takes away sort of the genuineness in it, I guess. <laughs> You know, one of the places that she finds joy as well is also through kind of online sleuthing communities. And for you, did you think that because there's an element of anonymity to that, that that was a place where she felt accepted? Or did you feel like her patterns from the real world would even play out in an online community for her? Um, I think that she probably is because of the anonymity and less social pressures uh, finds more acceptance in that community. But I think because Misty is Misty, she's always going to do something that like gets her, you know, shunned. Um, she is not a trustworthy person and they're not wrong to not include her. Um, and that seems to be her pattern. She does enough that they let her in and then she does something where they're like, oh, again, we should like, why do we keep doing this? And, um, and they're justified. So uh, I bet she does stuff in the citizen detective community that is a little sketch. And with the, with the things that she does do for you, were there certain lines or parameters that you felt like she wouldn't cross? Or do you feel like because of all of the experience of everything after the plane crash and then just the cycles that have continued for the last 25 years that there almost are no limits to where this could possibly go for her as a character? I think that she probably does have her own very specific and unique moral compass. Um, so I think there probably are things that she would never do things that just don't feel right or don't feel justified or, um, but I couldn't tell you specifically right now what those are. I just know that I probably know them if I came across them kind of thing. I also love that there's elements that are so misdirected where, you know, she genuinely believes that she's doing good things for people and that there is kind of an element of loyalty to it. Like, I'm gonna give you a present with a hidden camera because I care about you. Um, but then at the same time, I'll also bust in and snort your cocaine and throw it in the air so that you don't take it. She's saving her, yeah. 
Yeah. So what was kind of the joy in, in finding a lot of the misdirects and, and the moments where she genuinely kind of is trying to do the right thing, but just the actions are kind of always going in the wrong direction for it. I don't think she's ever genuinely trying to do the right thing is the thing. I don't. I think that she wanted to get a camera into Natalie's motel room. And that was it wasn't about the gift. It was about how do I get this camera in here? Um, and then I think the idea of Natalie getting high or, or going back to drugs, that would mean that Misty would lose her. So it's not about making sure Natalie's OK. It's that, oh, I can't. I, I, I finally have her. I have her. I'm not I can't lose her. Um, so I th- think that generally everything that Misty does is pretty much about herself. No, that completely makes sense. And, you know, you had the opportunity after filming the first episode of the series to to sit down with Samantha, who plays the younger version of Misty in the series, Um, you know, and from the conversations that the two of you had, what were the elements where you wanted your version and your portrayal to have certain linear connections to her performance? And what were some of the spaces where you you felt like there would be kind of a separation and different details? Because obviously it is 25 years past and there's so many other things that have happened to this character in the interim. Yeah, I thought, um, and we both discussed this, Samantha and I, um, that, uh, you know, her character would be more uh, just blind uh, impulse and need. And she hadn't developed any, she was too young to have developed the artifice that the older Misty has. And, you know, all of that stuff would come from just finding a way to be happy in the world. after, you know, it's like 30 years of being squeezed and she comes up with all this passive aggression and artifice. And um, Samantha was very clear about how she was going to be playing the, you know, the sort of purest version, I guess, of Misty. Yeah. And it is it is such a rarity to be playing a character where there's so many elements of backstory that you have within the same script. And so did that did that shift or change anything for you in terms of character development or or not as much just because, you, you know, working in episodic, you didn't have all of the details up front in terms of the script and the arc in the present? Um, you know, I think the first season, from what I've heard from other people and my own experiences, is a lot about finding the show, finding the character. Um, and so I think a lot of it was just focusing on that and trying to figure all that stuff out. And um, and certainly something that happened in the past in one episode you with your character, the younger version, would definitely be something that you'd give you pause if you hadn't expected it or seemed different or whatever it definitely is something that you take in and you try to make sense of for how that would be reflected in the person you're playing in the present um uh yeah and when you've done episodic work in in the past you know you've you've been on projects as an executive producer as well and so this was kind of a new exercise coming into a project and and kind of like not being in those conversations and not having all the answers up front and not necessarily knowing the full arc of where Misty was going to go you know let alone going into season two but throughout the whole first season Um, and so what were the challenges that came with that in terms of having to build a character with such strong convictions in terms of the choices you're making for your performance but also knowing that there needed to be some fluidity to potentially kind of pivot in slightly different directions based on the information that might come down the road. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that was a challenge in the first season. Um, 
just more so the the uh this how disorienting not knowing your entire character arc could be as an actor like for some reason I found that very disorienting and um and I it it was so it was just something that like as an actor I never want to have any encumbrances so I feel like it's a specific like tv muscle that you have to um you have to develop and um so that is what I what I really sort of focused on for most of the season, like figuring out, like you said, how to have a very strong take on the character, but still have this fluidity so that if something else was thrown in and 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 allowing for the opinions of others, you know, with TV, the actors collaborate on the performances and characters, but we don't create them in the same way. Um, and And so I think, so I think you really have to make sure there's room for the opinions of the people in the writer's room who are writing for you. And, you know, no matter how 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 much conviction I have about this aspect of my character, there are all these people trying to make a cohesive show who have this other opinion, you know, in this room. <laughs> so you should leave a little room for that because they're they're really. Uh, you want to be in agreement with people at the at that you know at the very start of everything that happens, which is the writing of the scripts. Um, so yeah, I always I I tried I tr I'm trying to to make sure that I can always do that and I know how to do that. And so yeah, that's my that's my personal challenge. <laughs> I love that, you know, and also with what you're saying about the, the cohesiveness that has to exist, that also comes into the tone and the voice of the show. And this is a series that has such a specific voice and tone to it throughout. Was that something where you, when you first even picked up the pages of the script was very clear to you? Or did some of that come from early conversations or how, you know, what was your relationship with kind of finding and understanding that early on for your performance? Well, I mean, I didn't really understand the tone of the show that well until I saw the pilot. And then um, we started to see, uh, not see, but started to read more scripts that were more sort of, uh, that seemed more um, just like comfortable in a specific tone, you know, different elements started to come into the season and um, it changed the tone from the pilot. Uh, and I think, again, that's first season TV, things evolve um, and change. Um, and um, now the tone seems very specific and clear to me, but it didn't feel that way in the beginning. And so I think that's, again, like, no matter how strongly you feel about your character and your performance, you are aware that because you don't know everything and because you're not involved in certain creative levels, you have to be flexible so that people can help uh, mold you to fit in with the tone. Um, so, yeah. And in terms of, the, of working with the rest of the cast, uh, you know, I've heard you mention particularly working on scenes with Juliette Lewis, that the two of you kind of work in a very similar way to one another. And I was interested in what those aspects were that you kind of shared a really common sensibility of in terms of how you would come into scenes together. Well, we have a kind of old fashioned, uh, you know, we do things in the traditional ways, <laughs> the old sort of the old sort of standards and practices on set in terms of just, um, you know, manners on set with your actors and, and uh, crew and um, you know we just kind of follow the 
follow the old ways, us old ladies. Um, so there's that. And then there are like little things that just from having worked for a million years, you do or don't like. And we were the same about a lot of those things. Um, and then, um, you know, we fell into kind of like a, a big sister, little, little sister dynamic almost that I think is reflected in the show. And kind of, you know, going back to Misty a little bit more and talking about some of the very, very passive aggressive um, elements of her, you know, even just the the specificness of the way that she uses her smile and kind of like tries to disarm people. Um, what was your what was your window into finding the passive aggressiveness and the way that she tries to disarm people so they don't necessarily catch it straight away all the time when they first meet her? Well, I'm a very passive aggressive person, so I used a lot of myself for that. That I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I am five foot two. I cannot be openly hostile. It is not physically safe for me. <laughs> and how did how did the elements of of costume and even just the wig that you were wearing, the glasses, like once you put on all of that, did that give you kind of a further understanding of the character? Because I've heard you say that even putting on the costume and the hair and the makeup, that that people kind of responded differently to you once you were in costume as well. Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, you know, I always describe. I guess well. For me, she's she has intentionally put together this very innocuous look. Um, I think that I think that early on she sort of realized that she would be very dismissed and not taken seriously and not found threatening. And I think at the beginning it probably really made her upset and angry. And then she sort of was like, well, fine, I'm going to totally take advantage of this and use this, this thing that you guys are doing to me, I'm going to turn it around. And, um, and it was interesting to see, though, because it really like if, if somebody really was and, and I was not mistreated when I was dressed as her, it was just like an interesting change in treatment. Um, and I just thought, like, if you really if, if I was really this person and living every day, and this is what I had to deal with out in the world, um, just like the teasing and the sort of dismissing and the ignoring and like you're it, it was very strange um, I probably would be very angry <laughs> and with what you're describing there as well about concocting a kind of very innocuous presentation of herself did that also transcend into the physicality and, and things like the mannerisms of the character or, or where did that stem from for you yeah, I think the mannerisms come from the logistics of what what you're wearing, what your hair does, what your glasses do, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I never sort of come up with those things in advance, sort of the shoes make me walk this way or these jeans she wears or, you know, when I'm dressed like this, I just want to stand this way. You know, a lot of it is sort of um, uh, subconscious. I do love though, like the way that you get to kind of walk into the reunion with all of the other yellow jackets in that moment as well. And heard that there was, you were kind of given the reference point of like, imagine they're walking in and it's Pulp Fiction. Um, and how did that give you such an instant idea of like, this is what it's going to look like? Because again, that that's a moment for Misty where all of a sudden they walk in and she gets to kind of come over and be part of that group again for the first time in front of everyone else in the room. Yeah, yeah. For Misty, she's not having a cool entrance. She's running up and joining them as fast as she can, so you know <laughs> and in playing her in the series what what were some of the elements that that felt like really new challenges that this character was providing for you and playing her throughout the season um I think the main challenge with her was that you know sometimes that disingenuousness did disingenuous quality 
that she has, um, I felt could come off as a bad performance at times because she is sort of giving a bad performance in some ways at some times. So sometimes my challenge was <laughs> she's being fake, but how do I make it sound a little less fake or, uh, or can't, I guess campy maybe because a lot of the dialogue was very like, aw shucks and stuff that, um, I had to like really figure out how to deliver in a way that felt real. Yeah. Well, it's it's such a phenomenal performance in the series and it's been really great hearing so many details about the insights into her as a character. So thank you so much. Really appreciate it, Christina. Thank you. Thank you for having me.